Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, good morning and welcome to the program. People older than 60 years of age are living a decade longer than their parents' generation. And over the next 25 years, the senior population is expected to double to 70 million. That's 20% of the U.S. population. Well, elder care has become a major financial concern for families. The average family caregiver spends about almost 20 hours per week caring for an elderly parent. Rob Clement is here to answer your questions about your concerns about elder care and elder abuse. You don't want to miss that part of the program. Also, Justin Wright, he's going to be discussing a phenomenon that is touching a major part of America in a way you might have thought impossible 10 years ago. It's called FOMO, and it has serious, serious financial implications. Stay with us. You may find that FOMO is affecting you. From our Did You Know files, did you know that three of the upcoming four months rank in the bottom, bottom three performers for the S&P 500 over the last 25 years? All three averaged a loss with September ranking 10th, June ranks 11th, and August is 12th. So the summer is tough on the market. But remember, past performance is not an indication of future performance. 59% of 1,800 American small business owners surveyed this year by the Bank of America report that as of February, the U.S.-China trade war and resulting tariffs have had no impact on their business. Year-to-date? Through Friday, last Friday, approximately 6,400 retail stores have gone out of business. This is kind of a sad note. And all of these have closed across the United States, more than the 5,864 stores that closed nationwide during all of 2018. That's close to being a record, probably going to set a record. The record, this year's closures are on pace to exceed the all-time record of 8,139 retail stores. closes. Closings in 2017. Wow. I don't know. That's uh, That kind of affects the way you think about shopping. And I'm sure some of us, that's not a big deal. But for those people that were working at that, those retail stores, that's a big impact. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but new data is out by the National Center of Health Statistics pertaining to the general fertility rate of the U.S., They recently republished data that about a new record of low births in 2018, 59 births per 1,000 women between the ages of 15 and 44. The U.S. has been tracking that number since 1909, or 110 years, and we just set a new record. And finally, disturbing news published by the United Nations, especially if you happen to be one of those that does all the recycling that you good and you want to make sure that you're concerned about the environment, just 15% of plastic material is recycled globally. 
85% of plastic ultimately is burned, dumped into a landfill, or dropped in the ocean. I, uh, that is That concerns me, and we just got to take care of our environment. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Coming up, elder care and elder abuse, your questions and your concerns answered by Rob Clement. And what does FOMO mean and how are you affected? Justin Wright, he has the answers. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker and Justin Wright are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, as I was telling you, we're going to be talking about elder care and elder abuse. It's a subject that we get a lot of questions about and a lot of concerns. And people seem to go through this process of thinking, well, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And all of a sudden, it's one of those things that it should have happened yesterday because today is the kind of the wake-up call because of the problems that you have. Elder care traditionally has been the responsibility of family members. I can remember as a little boy that my mom and my dad or my aunt and uncle or somebody was taking care of my grandparents or even in my case, my great-grandparents. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the senior fact, facts that the National Association of Insurance Commissioners report that basically, as I told you earlier, we're spending today almost 20 hours per week caring for an elderly parent. And so it's becoming an issue. And the fact that it's a growing population, that the 70 million that I mentioned in the monologue, that 20% of the U.S. population is going to be over 60 years old. So it's an issue that I want you to be aware of, be sensitive to. My guests today, Rob Clement and Justin Wright. You guys, welcome to the program. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Good to see you. Thanks, Jim. You know, guys, here's the thing, Rob. Let's go with you first. With elder care, I mean, what what is elder care, and and what do you see it? Why is it? I guess I've kind of given to the statistics, but why is it that people know they've got to do it, but we put it off? Well, the first thing is is that word we put it off is that we are not planning. And when I'm talking with folks, I'm usually uh, reemphasizing the five P's: proper planning prevents poor performance. Uh, the aging process just doesn't sneak upon us. So our responsibilities as uh, individuals, of, like you ex- gave in your example of your, your parents caring for family members, that uh, aging grandparents, uh, our roles, uh, particularly we find it truly uh, with employers. Employers are seeing that, uh, as you mentioned earlier, that a number of their employees are having to spend time taking care of senior adults. So what is elder care? It's just simply taking care of those who can't take care of themselves. And it doesn't necessarily happen at a certain age. It can be a child that was born with, uh, with special needs and never married, but needs care throughout his or her life. So elder care, though, is focusing on more of the elderly. So when you think about that and we see this aging population growing, 
asset protection, you know, you need to be able to help you know do that. You're talking about the idea. I mean, you, we were talking about someone just as we were driving to the studio today about that degenerative disease that begins to affect a person. We see that that's a constant care there. So a lot of this is going on as you see this group of people. And let's look at this aging group of, say, 55 to 65 or 70 they're look they're looking at grandkids, but now they're looking at parents who are in their eighty five to ninety ninety five We were talking to someone recently that had a parent that was going to turn a hundred uh and so and, and yet and she was still driving you know what I mean, but the reality is we're seeing that aging population living longer than our parents did, and so why is it that we you say we we i love what you said proper planning prevents poor performance. But we don't do that. We use another P. We procrastinate thinking that it's going to happen and it doesn't. What would you tell someone who's listening to to do if they've got to make a decision with an elderly parent? Absolutely. The first step is the fact of, uh, of assessing that particular individual. And that doesn't mean sitting there with a pad and pencil and going over, okay, this person can see well, they can hear well, they're they're very balanced. So the important area is to make a, a proper assessment of your parents or your loved ones. And as you're assessing them, then begin to think ahead. If something should happen to them, what is the steps that I would take or my spouse would take in order to care for them in a proper way. So uh, as a financial professional, those are areas that we come alongside and we encourage people as they're going through the process. It's not only about the fact that we're caring for our clients, but our clients and how they're going to care for their family members and loved ones. It makes a lot of sense. Justin, in your practice, when you're spending time and you're you're talking to a generation that in your side that is going to be looking at their parents that they're going to be, what do you say to that generation? Uh, You know, I use personal experience uh, when I talk about uh, this issue because my grandfather got ALS uh, about 10 years ago and the costs associated with passing away from ALS and the burden it puts on the family uh, is immense. Uh, the amount of time my mother, my aunt, my grandmother spent taking care of him, plus the in-home care workers. Uh, it was just unimaginable amount of time and money. So let's go back to your five Ps. Because, Rob, I think you know we could spend an hour on this one subject, but the reality is don't procrastinate. I'm going to use my P. But you said proper planning prevents poor performance. So, Justin, you're saying it was a lot of money, the proper planning maybe wasn't there or it was catching up? Well, luckily, uh, my grandmother had worked for a company that provided health insurance even in retirement. So everything was fully covered and it wasn't an issue for them. But just seeing the bills coming in, had that preparation not been in the front end, that would have bankrupted them. So the preparation was there. Rob, you're saying that's just something that people have to have a wake-up call? Don't create the, you know, the, the issue. Start ahead before the issue starts. Then you can do the proper planning. Yeah, Jim, earlier you were giving some statistics on what's going on in America today with brick and mortar. We're seeing less and less of the retail stores out there. Now, how does that have anything to do with the aging population? It has everything to do number of hotels today are converting from the traditional hotel to now being a place that you can bring your parents 
to stay in. So you're seeing this trend happen in the marketplace. So it's a brick-and-mortar place, but that's the impact of what's happening across America and the world today. So this aging population that we're talking about is something of reality. People have got to be sensitive to it. And those statistics that we were talking about, they come from the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. It's from their website, not something that you made up or I made up. It's reality. Correct. It's right in our face. It's like we're looking through the tunnel. We can see a flicker of light, but it's out there. We've yes. got to do something with it. So, again, do the proper planning so that you don't have poor performance. Exactly. I kind of turned that around a little bit. Just well, you know, it, it still works. You it know, you, you got, you've got enough P's in there that it there makes sense. So. Now, let me let me change the subject just a little bit. If you just tuned in, my guest today, Justin Wright, we're talking about FOMO coming up, but he, right now, he and Rob Clement, we're going through this whole idea of elder abuse and elder care. Now, we've just basically, at the end of the day, elder care is do the proper planning. Go and spend the energy and the time, make a list, think about what you've got to do, and then start implementing a plan. We're not trying to get into the step-by-step process of that plan because it's different for everybody. But don't put the plan off. Do something now so that you can be proactive and just don't procrastinate. But now let's talk about elder abuse, because that's a subject we get so many questions about. Elder abuse, the whole idea behind... Uh, what's being, you know, how people get caught up in these things. What have you recently researched and found, and can you kind of bring us up to speed what's happened? Yeah, let's let's start with the fact that uh, we've got the Senate. Now, this is the U.S. Senate that has a committee on aging, and they recently published uh, some information that I think is very helpful for us to identify, to recognize if there's elder abuse going on. And uh, one of the first areas that they mentioned was identity theft. I think we all are, are familiar with that. There's identity thieves that are out there. You know, they make unauthorized credit card purchases or they steal money from the from you and your bank accounts. And then they also they apply for Social Security, a thief <laughs> that is using your information to apply for Social Security benefits and get health care covered by Medicare. You so know, you mentioned that, and I, we, you handed that to me, and I, I was shocked that, you know, I, I, all of us identify with identity theft. I mean, everybody, I've had my identity stolen years and years ago, but the reality is everybody's aware of that. So we need to be sensitive. But you found out from this Committee on Aging, the Senate Committee on Aging, there were several that I was actually shocked. Yeah. That I, I thought about the one that said pending lawsuits. Explain that. Yeah, yeah. So a, a consumer gets a call from someone, and on the other end, they're they're claiming to work for some that's a local company that they know, and then all of a sudden, it could be a state or federal enforcement agency that they say that they're they're with, and they're towed. Now this is the senior. This towed. There's a warrant out for your arrest, and now, what are they likely to do? I'm concerned that I might get arrested here unless I pay a fine to this individual. So that's the impending lawsuit scam that is out there today. So you see that. I mean, now we're talking about identity theft. I can't imagine. Social Security, that one we hear all the time. Talk about that a little bit, Rob. Sure. Well, with Social Security, what you're finding is these scammers either will call or they'll email you, and they'll also tell you that, hey, I'm representing the Social Security Administration, and I'm asking the following things. And what are they asking? Well, I'd like to get your Social Security number because we want to make sure all of our records are up to date. Let me also get your date of birth. 
And finally, what's your bank account information? You just slide it in there. Yeah, and, and it's we scammed. tell people all the time that if a phone call like that, you just don't answer, you don't give that kind of information of any sort to 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 somebody on the phone. Uh, at all. You make a phone call to the Social Security Administration. You make a phone call to this law firm that's suing you or whatever. You you reach out and you... But for so many people, that is so easy to get caught up in it because the guys are professional crooks. They're not just uh, part-timers. They, they are good at what they do, and we have to be careful all the time. You know, here's one, and, and Justin, I, I want you to discuss this because I, I find it... And this actually happened to a client of mine where the grandparent was called. Absolutely. So sometimes criminals will pretend to be the grandchild of a elder, and they'll say that they need money to get themselves out of an emergency situation of some sort, or alternatively, the criminal will pretend that they've kidnapped the grandchild and demand money for the return. That one would get my attention. Absolutely. You know, uh, in my client's case, the call came in. It was spring break quote-unquote, and the kids had all gone to college. Several of them had gone to college. They had gone to Florida like a lot of kids do, and they're all doing great. And the grandkid, quote-unquote grandkid, calls grandparent, mom, and grand, grandmother, and says, ah, I got in trouble, grandpa. You know, she, he knew enough how to refer to it, and he knew enough about what he was saying that it got real close. The only reason the grandmother, grandparent, the dad, granddad, had passed away. The only reason why he didn't, she just didn't think he was capable of getting in that kind of trouble. So, I mean, you know, it was good. I mean, you know, she said he could never be, that's not my grandson, you know. Now, fortunately, it wasn't his grandson, but the reality is it was a tense moment, and she actually got caught up in it but then she just had that, I think it's the Holy Spirit dealt with her, just she had that little moment of thinking, this cannot be my grandson. And she said, I'm sorry, I'll, you know, I'm not going to help. And she hung up and she was, it's kind of that buyer's remorse. She was feeling enormous amounts of regret till she called her daughter and said, I just got a call. Is, and I won't mention any names. And she says, well, hang on a second. You could talk to him. He had not gone to Florida as they had thought. She had thought he was going. So you see how easy it is? And yet there was an enormous amount of stress and emotions going on with that grandparent. Justin, you've mentioned at one time in your former life, you did some work um, at one of our big computer stores here in town, and this one you saw a lot with this particular problem. Yeah, so um, what will happen is somebody will call up and say they work for Dell or Microsoft or Apple, and their computer's infected with a virus. And they'll say, we need you to go to this website and download this software so they can gain access to your computer. And then that point, they'll pull tax records and stuff off the computer. And we would see computers be brought in all the time at where I worked prior, at least once a week, uh, infected with viruses and backdoors. And we would have to tell people, you know, you need to go call your bank accounts and everything because your entire life has been compromised. Would they understand what they had done when that occurs, or, or is it just something they, they that, because we, I know of a person that that happened to him, he's working one night, it clicks on his screen, you know, you got a virus, click here, and next thing you know, they're charging him in order to get his computer back, 
he was going to have to pay it. He ended up paying $200, and then he realized he was being scammed with it. But this guy, this is a smart person. He just wasn't thinking. It just clicked up and said, hey, he thought it was his IT people. Yeah. You know, it was automatic. It looked so good. Do they realize that how simple that is to happen, and do they catch it, or is it they're still in the dark? Uh, you mean the, the end user? The the, 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 the grandparent, yeah, the, the, sometime, the older person who's is actually this has happened. Sometimes they'll realize it. But it's generally after they already put their credit card information or allow access to their computer. And then they'll come in that day and say, I think I've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. But generally, most of the time, they're under the impression they were talking to Microsoft or Dell or whoever the entire time. You know, I guess uh, what we should always say to people is when in doubt, check it out. Just put that out somewhere on your computer, on your phone. If there's a second of doubt. Check it out. Don't obligate yourselves to something if you think that maybe it's not there. Absolutely. And if somebody calls you saying they're from Microsoft, Dell, or whoever, just don't believe them and call Microsoft (laughs) or Dell. Just call them back. They have phone numbers on their website. Um, If you're actually concerned about it, just call them. And if your computer crashes, it's better for the computer to crash and go away than you to give someone a credit card number, a social security number, anything that can compromise your identity. Just when in doubt... Check it out. Don't do it. Great advice. When we come back, we're going to talk about one. Now, these are these are things with your computer that I can see how, you know, whether it's a grandparent gets called, like it's a grandson that's in trouble in Florida, whether you got somebody trying to get you, telling you that, you know, you they got this unauthorized credit card purchase and you got to give them your, some identification or maybe it's an impending lawsuit. All of these things we've talked about, everything from your computer coming up at midnight with a, you got a scam going. But this next one, This next one we're going to talk about when we come back, it's going to blow your mind that it happens all the time. Tells us about who we are, tells us about what type of people we as Americans really are. And I tell you, you don't want to miss it. Stay with us. This is Jim Shoemaker talking, and you're listening to Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we've been talking about elder care and elder abuse. Obviously, we focused a lot on elder abuse. We kind of said the reality with elder care, proper planning prevents poor performance. Reality, that's Rob's thoughts. He's saying to us, we've got to do some proper planning. Don't wait till the last minute. If we're all aging, and we all are, bottom line, do some planning. But then we've moved into elder abuse because it is such an epidemic-type thing going on in America today, from being your your computer tech, you know, falling apart. Somebody should get that. You know, maybe it's an appending lawsuit, identity theft, Social Security impersonation. But uh, reality, this one we're about to talk about really blows me away. If I didn't know that it happened, I would question and say, ah, not possible. But I know it happens. I've watched it. I've seen it. And I've experienced it from a standpoint of trying to work with someone to get this to to walk away from it. And it's just very, very difficult. Rob, what am I talking about? Well, you're talking about romance scams. And these seniors that are out there, they are so subject to these fraudsters that come and they woo them with a relationship 
of something that they've done and help them out in some way. And with that, they springboard into online dating sites. And they ask these individuals about, hey, how about, uh, do you have enough money you could give me a little money this week? Help me out with that. Perhaps they go under the guise of paying for a trip. Or maybe they're just trying to say, hey, I'm going to come and visit you, but I need some money to cover that. Or they play on their emotions about, I've got some medical issues. Uh, can you help me out with that? So it's all types of people out there. You know, and I know this particular romance scam that, that I watched, it didn't start and it didn't, in the second call, they didn't say, hey, I'm coming, I want to come see you. Give me some money. No, this was over a five, four, five, six month, seven month process to the point where that steady calling, that steady conversation, that steady relationship building was all geared to a to a point of time that they would start asking for money. And shockingly, shockingly, the person that was the recipient of that fraudster, as you called them, began to send them money. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I just, uh, it was, uh, but they, there was a relationship. It and why does that relationship happen? Is it because there is something missing in that person's life and they need that? And that's what those fraudsters know. Well, that is such a problem. And we're, again, trying to say to you when something like that begins to happen, be wise and be sensitive and then bring a third party in and talk to them about it. Every case like this, if you would have had someone that you could have discussed this with, someone that you may have been able to just say, I think this may be going on. But then you have to be willing to listen to that person who's given you counsel. Uh, and that's always hard to do when your emotions are involved. I know, Justin, you mentioned that the one of that you see a lot of is the idea of the IRS impersonation. You saw it where you used to work, and it, it's shocking, but, but people would not want to admit it. Right. So the way I'd run into it is people would be coming in, and generally it was people, old ladies in their 70s is how be I careful. noticed it. Be careful. Um, that were buying stacks of iTunes now, you cards. You know what you're going to do to the phone calls when you said that. <laughs> old ladies. I apologize. That's but okay. it, it was people my grandmother's but, age but buying no, stacks of iTunes cards. But your reality is that is the target. Right. And, That's the target. And the thing is, you know, I mean, my grandmother wouldn't know what to do with an iTunes card. So when somebody's buying $500 worth of them, that raises suspicions for me. So I would just always ask, hey, what are these for? And... A lot of times they would be very hesitant to answer because it turns out the scammer will say, you know, there's a warrant out for your arrest for back taxes. And the way you have to pay these are iTunes cards. But don't tell anybody in the store you're paying back taxes with the iTunes cards because they'll call the police because they, they know you have a warrant for your arrest. So, I mean, they're even trying to prevent store level employees from trying to stop it. I mean, this is everything from a threat to your home foreclosure mm -hmm. well, to absolute, you know, absolutely. car being repossessed, and it's all going to happen now. It's got to happen before sunset. You've got to do it now. Right. And so there's this sense of urgency, and they create this fear, and that's the problem. Absolutely. And, I mean, they, they'll call and say, hey, you have to have this money in two hours. Right. Or the state troopers are coming to arrest right. you. You know, and most people do not want a state trooper pulled into their front yard. Right. Most people are honest people, and they don't want trouble with the law. So 
Rob, close this section session out. I mean, elder abuse is so much of a problem. All we're talking about today is is just what the city Senate Committee on Aging has published, and it's everything from identity theft to IRS personation, romance scams. All of those are, are are problems. We haven't got into any of the other things that we could have discussed. There's so much more, but elder abuse is a problem. Five simple words. You've said them one time. Oh, no, you said it several times. Several times. When in doubt, check it out. Right. I think that's probably the thing that I want people to remember about this segment of the program. If they would simply stop, and I think, Justin, you were doing that at, at the store you worked at, people would come in, you would stop them for just a second, say, hey, Absolutely. time out, just is this real? Why are you having to do this? And then... I think people need to just put that in their mindset. When that emotion gets out of control, like the grandmother and that grandson who's in Florida in jail and needs to post bail, please send me $250. It's got to be wired to such and such. And and, and she's going, oh, of course I'll do that. I don't want him spending a night in jail. But then the reality, and I appreciated this so much, that she said that just can't be. My grandson, you know, <laughs> I Thank love this for grandmothers. <laughs> Way to go, grandmother. But I think that's so real. When in doubt, check it out. Now, you've been listening to this program. If you want to listen to it again, just find it on iTunes. Search for Shoemaker Financial. We've talked about elder care. Be sure you do some planning and elder abuse. Coming up when we get through with this segment, and we're just about to take a break, the reality is you've got to find out what F-O-M-O stands for. FOMO. You do not want to miss that part of the program because FOMO, as we got to tell you, it is something that you have been affected by. I'm sure you never thought about it 10 years ago, but today it's creating some serious financial problems. You do not want to miss what Justin and Rob are going to talk about. FOMO. Find out what it is. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. From November 1942 to May 1943, the B-17 Flying Fortress strategic bomber we know as the Memphis Bell completed 25 combat missions in German-held territory, making it one of the first such aircraft to do so. After arriving at Dow Field in Bangor, Maine, she was deployed temporarily to Prestwick, Scotland, and then to her permanent base in Basingbourne, England. As part of the 324th Bomb Squadron, the Memphis Bell bombed numerous targets in France, Holland, and Germany in the first two years of Americans' involvement in the war. For the remainder of the war, the plane and crew toured the United States to sell war bonds. After the war, although the city of Memphis attempted to preserve the aircraft for posterity, weather, vandalism, and theft left the Memphis Bell in a state of severe disrepair. The plane has since been disassembled and relocated to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, where it is undergoing an extensive restoration that will preserve it for many years to come. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large-cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. 
My guest, Rob Clement and Justin Wright. We've been talking about elder care and elder abuse. We're turning the page, and this program now is going to focus specifically on something that sweeps across America. It is everybody's affected by this. It's called FOMO. Now, most of you probably have heard that term before. Two or three years ago, it was brand new. You never heard of it. Now, it makes the news regularly. Fear of missing out. Now, Justin, again, sir, would you give me, just help us understand the definition of fear of missing out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The definition for FOMO is a feeling of anxiety or insecurity over the possibility of missing out on something, such as an event or opportunity. Uh, This is often triggered by posts on social media. Uh, Fear of missing out is based on the old adage my mom always used to say, the grass is greener on the other side. When we go online and see pictures of other people on their vacations or talking about their successes, we often think, me too, I want that. We're tempted to copy them in the hope that we can experience the same thing. So the fact that they're doing something and it all looks great and everything, if the hair is all in the right place and all that kind of stuff, I'm not getting to do that. So that's what that anxiety creeps into me because I'm watching it on, on Facebook or whatever. Absolutely. You know, that can be, I can see that. I can see that creating a real problem. Does it just occur online? Is it just there online when you see it on Facebook or do all that? Uh, no, not, not at all. Uh, you know, many millennials have friend, friend groups that have wildly varying income levels, and their common interests are what bring them together. This causes issues when the lower income friends try to keep up with the high earners. I can see that. Um, they'll be going out, spending, uh, going out on nights and vacations on credit cards and racking up debt just trying to keep up you know, with the Joneses, essentially. Do you find, Rob, from your chair, I mean, we're a little bit older than, than, than Justin. Is this just, a, he mentioned the word millennials, is it just a millennial problem or is it sweeping all generations? Uh, it's the latter. It's all generations. I see it from the people groups of the 20s to the 40s, the 40s to the 60s, and the 60s on. We all seem to, one, be using social media and the peer group pressure. So that FOMO is real to everybody. I know that, Justin, you have where Credit Karma came out with some some surveys. And, and bring that to our attention. Help us with that. What yeah. So uh, in that survey, uh, they found um, 56% reported experiencing FOMO. And this was a study of 1,000 Americans aged 18 to 34. Um, they, they also reported nearly 40% said they've gone into debt to keep up with their friends' lifestyles. Uh, most spending occurs in the areas of food, travel, clothes, alcohol, and electronics. And 36% of millennials said they spend money they don't have because they're afraid they won't be included in a future activity if they don't. Now, that I can see, as you said, Rob, across the board. Now, those statistics comes from Credit Karma study on millennials, and we are not going to try to get into the statistics on the other generations, but the reality is those are the same problems that all generations have. The fear of uh, may not be invited to the next party or uh, I may not be accepted. Peer pressure, you said peer pressure. It is really a definitive thing in a lot of people's lives today is peer pressure. That's exactly right. When uh, when you sit and talk with folks across the 20s, 40s, and elder adults, it still is there to, you have to check yourself and ask yourself, now, why am I feeling this? Why all of a sudden, if I went to somebody's house and it's 
a little bit more decorated than the house that I have, what's going on? Or if the automobile, or maybe they've got a newer computer, like Justin was talking about. So it's everything that touches our lives. We have to always go back and check what's the root of causing me to feel this way. You know, the thought is that I think this is so critical because people— this is not new. Peer pressure is not new. I can remember my kids would come go back to school after spring break or after Christmas vacation and and the whole talk was where did you go on vacation? And all this they didn't have social media, but it was like, Well, did you go? Well, we went so and so. And I mean, I could sense that the kids would come back and, you know, well, they went to the Bahamas or you know, something. And that was that kind of that fear of, of that. But I can see what you're talking about, Justin, this missing out. It's like it's not just the fear of what everybody else is doing. It's missing out in what people are doing today. Right. That's the problem. So what do you, what would you tell our listening audience to keep in mind to when they're experiencing the anxiety created by FOMO? Yeah. Well, when you're looking at things on Facebook that you see people doing or buying, there's one fact that most people never post, and that's the cost. Most of the times you can guess the monetary cost of a trip or the new car your buddy bought. But what you can't see is the extra hours they may have had to work and didn't get to go to their kids' baseball games. <laughs> That's so true. Right. As we, I mean, we talk about this in terms of opportunity cost. Every dollar you spend for X could have been spent on Y. And every hour you spend extra at work could have been used on leisure. And, you know, we, th- we think about this in our lives, but we ignore it when we look at other people's lives. And as a result, it leads to unhappiness in our own. So I guess at the same time, when you talk about cost, and I like the way you put that out, I mean, you know, you just the, the opportunity cost. But, Rob, we're also looking at just priorities. I mean, because yep. he kind of leaned into that a little bit in priorities, our priorities and someone else's priorities. Well, have you ever heard of those five Ps before, Jim? Uh, proper planning prevents poor yeah, performance. I got it. I heard All that. right. So that falls right into this category also. If you are thinking in with your spouse and your family, you're beginning to teach them how to plan properly for future costs and not just make a knee-jerk reaction and go out and make a purchase. So prioritize. That's prioritize and, and, and is that it. that kind of stops you from getting maybe some of that emotional side of the right. fear of missing out. I, I, Justin, you, you talked about this earlier. People really post the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you how do you what would you say to the listening audience about they only post the wins and not all the other stuff that's going on? They need to be sensitive to that. Thing. Yeah. Yes. Social media is like a first date. Most people only show the best parts of themselves. I like that. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, there was a show on TV called The Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous. And that's essentially what Facebook has become. Um, it's just people posting the best parts of their lives. Now, it all may be lies. It may be lifestyles of the broken poor, but they're trying to pretend like they're rich and have a great life. Have a great life. I guess I don't remember anybody. I don't do much with a lot with Facebook, but if you ever get a stomach virus and you're hovered in the bathroom, you're not posting that on Facebook. Absolutely not. (laughs) It's just not exciting. Right. I mean, you're posting pictures of yourself on a yacht, not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a good point. All right, guys. Well, now we're talking about the fear of missing out and the anxiety that that creates. And then it looks at the whole idea of the financial difficulties that it creates. 
When we come back after this break, we're going to talk about ways to avoid those financial difficulties. Now, you think about it. You're going to want to go with this group to the restaurant that you said, oh, that's an expensive restaurant, but everybody's going, and I really don't have the money to go. I'll just put it on a credit card, or I'll just go ahead and do this or whatever, because I don't want to not be asked the next time. That's what we're talking about, the fear of being left out, the fear of missing out. We've talked about ways to avoid it. We're going to talk about some ways to avoid the financial difficulties that it creates. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we're talking about the fear of missing out, and we're talking, we're going to get into a discussion about some of the ways to avoid financial difficulties. And I, I think I would just want to let you, let me just start with this one right off the top. Bottom line is, sometimes you just have to say, hey, guys, I can't afford to do that. Is there a free alternative? You might find that some of the people might say, hey, that's a better idea than going to one of the fanciest restaurants in town and spending $100. Just simply just be honest. Open, say, hey, I, you know, it's expensive. I'm on a budget. I can't do it. But, Justin, that one's a downer. I mean, you know, if I say that, everybody's go, you know, but you got to be willing to kind of say, hey, this is real life. And, and and what am I should to do? Absolutely. But I think it's important to also recognize that, I mean, just judging from the statistics we talked about, you're probably not the only one in the room thinking that. Exactly. Um, so you're probably doing a favor for some other people, and too. You're going to find another little crowd that's going to get to go with you. So <laughs> yeah. three or four people. So just be honest and open and deal with it. But I know that's tough. So what are some of the other ways? All right. So uh, other ways. First one would be to limit your credit card and debit card usage. Uh, when you're going out with friends for a night, it can be easy to blow through way, way more money than you intended to do. Especially if you're using a credit right. card. Right. And so if you just have cash, that sets a hard limit on how much you're, you're going to spend that night. When it's gone, it's it's gone. That's a great idea. Just so cat, we used to talk about that years ago when budgeting, just cash only. Right. And if it's $50 or $100, you said when it's over, it's over. Yeah. Whatever the number is for you, just it's over. Well, you know, and, and kind of, I guess that's that's being open and honest. Be, you know, be honest with your friends about your money. Don't lie. Don't don't try to be, a, you know, put it out there where it looks like you're doing something. So don't use a credit card. Just use cash. Yep. That's a great one. Rob, what about another one that you got? Well, i got to get back to priorities. You put your priorities or your goals down and you do simple things. You got them written down and you've... Look at those things. You share them with your family. These are our goals. And uh, what we used to say around our house, don't forget, Clibbets, let's keep the main thing the main thing and not get distracted. That is so much of a priority is, yeah. uh, you know, if you've got your priority, you've prioritized your life and you know what you're trying to do, you know your goals and you've got a big picture out there. It's it's so much better, and yeah, it's it's a self talk thing. You can say I can't do that tonight because I'm trying to get to this here, whatever your your goals and your priorities are. Justin, do you see that with people that they need to have that prioritization? Absolutely, uh, I think prioritization of your goals and emotions results in better happiness. Uh, 
all the way around. Now, you talk about budgeting, so help us with that. Yeah, so the biggest thing that I've found to help combat fear of missing out is just having a budget. And I know budget in a lot of people's minds is kind of a downer because it's like, oh, I can't do what I want anymore. But the way I look at a budget is you you create a budget where you're saving first, 15 to 20% on the front end, and then the rest of the money you can spend were the, on the things that make you happiest. And as long as you're spending money where it makes you happiness happiest, you're maximizing your potential and maximizing your life. So you're doing that self-talk mentality. I've got a budget. I'm going to live on my budget. And then what I have left over, I can go enjoy what I want to do. It's going to make me happy. And that's what I want to do. And that's what so many, so many people reverse it. Let's do the happy first stuff. And then the consequences is I've overspent. Right. And it's most people think of a budget as like a little prison cell they have to live in instead of it gives you freedom to, you know, your savings is there, you know, your investments are going well. So now I can spend the money how I want. You know, let me talk about a budget because I think that's so critical because so many times, especially when it comes to couples, they have a tendency to one member of the family develops this budget. They shackle the foot of the person and says, now you drag this budget around. I'm free. I'm going to go do, uh, you know, whether it's the husband does it, he puts his wife on a budget and he goes buys a new set of golf clubs or a bass boat or something. You got to have a working relationship and you've got to make sure that the budget is livable. It's not prison. It's something you can, you know, you can work with. But that's how you manage the fear of missing out is you manage it by way of budgeting and then you spend to your budget. Absolutely. And I think to your point, with a couple, it's very important that they develop a budget together. together. If it's a budget for one of them, it's not a budget then. Oh, I got it. It's not a budget. <laughs> it's a shackle. Right. Rob, your thoughts on that? Well, I think it, it goes back to the, uh, to the basics of uh, one of the most surprising times in my life was when I actually understood a budget and the percentages of the various categories that I had. I, I never had that before. And then when I found that, it gave me greater freedom to understand there are percentages that go into my food budget, to my entertainment budget, to any area, and I just stay within those guidelines. Wow, that's tremendous. So being prioritized with what you're trying to spend helps you with this idea of anxiety or insecurity over the possibility of missing out on something such as an event or an opportunity, and we call it FOMO. And you want to avoid it. It creates all kinds of financial problems. Well, guys, thank you so much for being a part of today's program. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, Jim. You know, guys, it's been great because we've talked about a lot of information. The Senate Committee on Aging and the idea behind elder abuse. The reality is just don't let yourself get caught up in it. When it's doubt, check it out. That's important. You've been listening, of course, to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. My guests, Rob Clement and Justin Wright, if you would like to talk with them personally, call them at 757-5757. We hope you've enjoyed today's program. As always, thanks for listening. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to Talk Money at Shoemaker Financial. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Be sure to like us on Facebook. We're always trying to bring you information that's helpful and interesting. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thanks for listening. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. 
Compliance Officer Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Justin Wright are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. 